the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Blessed are the peacemakers, those who understand that the source of peace is Jesus. So they live their life in such a way to make sure that those around them, that they've done everything they can to live at peace. Why? Because peace with God should give us the peace of God. Welcome to The Barnabas Effect with Paul Purvis, Senior Pastor of Mission Hill Church, a multicultural, multi-generational, multiplying church focused on shining the light and love of Jesus like a city on a hill. You're invited to visit any of the three locations in Temple Terrace and Tampa. For information and locations, visit missionhill.org. That's missionhill.org. Now, with today's message, here's Pastor Paul Purvis. Who is he, church? He's the one Isaiah was also prophesying about. Listen to this. For a child is born to us, a sign is given to us, the government will rest on his shoulder, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and what? Prince of Peace. And this is the same he that the angels are talking about when they appeared in Luke 2, and they said, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. The message of Christmas is that Jesus is your source of peace. Jesus is the king of kings. He's the one the prophet Micah is describing as the coming ruler. And he's the only source of true and lasting peace. So we come back to that question. Is Jesus the ruler in your life today? Because if we're struggling with peace, what we're implying is there's at least an area of our life we're not allowing him to rule. I've come to realize this throughout my journey of life. Whoever or whatever rules your life, that's what will determine whether or not you have peace. Let me illustrate that. If your family rules your life, think about my family. If my family rules my life, what would you say about my family? Well, hopefully you'd say, oh, you have a beautiful family, and I do. You might say, you have a talented family, and I do. You might see your family seems to get along, and we do. But you know how else you could describe us? You could say, you have a sinful family, and we are. And by the way, and you are. And so my family's made up of sinners. So if I'm looking to just my family for my peace, guess what? I'm going to be messed up. Some of you are all into your career or all into your education. And if that's going to be your source of peace, you're in trouble. Some of you looked at what you can possess, your, your pile, the things you gain. And especially at times like this, you spend money you don't have to buy things you don't need to impress people you don't like. And then you wonder why you don't have peace. You, know, you can look at your bank account. Does that give you peace? Well, it may on one day, but it's not lasting peace, is it? What's your source of peace? Do you have peace? What is peace? In Scripture, that word, we find it 
hundreds of times. And in the Old Testament, it's always that, that familiar word, shalom. Say shalom. Yeah, I love that. I remember the first time I went to Israel and my parents were with me and we took them to this shop and, and there in the shop there was a little tile plate and, and we're from South Carolina. If I know with my accent, you probably assumed I was from New York, but I, I'm from South Carolina and, and there was a plaque that said, Shalom, y'all. <laughs> I love that. Well, Shalom means much more than just that feeling of peace. Shalom, shalom means total welfare. In every area of your life. And really, Tim Keller describes this well in his book, Generous Justice. He writes, shalom means complete reconciliation. A state of the fullest flourishing in every dimension. Physical, emotional, social, and spiritual. And then that makes sense because uh, scripture teaches us that there are three kinds of peace that cover everything about us. Uh, for example, there is spiritual peace. And then there's emotional peace. And then there's relational peace and, and scripture talks about eternal peace and then it talks about internal peace and external peace and it talks about peace with God and then it talks about the peace of God and then it talks about peace with others and all of these are encompassed in that word that we have even in Micah chapter 5, he will be the source of shalom, of total peace in your life. So whether you need financial peace or, or whether you need marital and relational peace or, or, or whether you need uh, corporate peace, whatever you're looking for, he is the source. I want to give you three truths before we wrap this up about our source of peace. Our ruler, King Jesus. When Jesus rules your heart, first of all, you have peace with God. Say peace with God. That's your eternal or your spiritual peace. Now, that begs the question. Some of you are saying, hey, I'm all right. Why do I need peace with God? Let me tell you some bad news. When you were born, you were not born at peace with God. You just weren't. Because the Bible says all of us are born as sinners. And we're not sinners because of something we've done, though it doesn't take long even as a baby to start doing the wrong thing. We're sinners because that's just who we are. It's like a birthmark. It's, it's something we're stained or scarred with. That's the way we're created. And the Bible teaches that that sinfulness puts us at war with the holy God. Because holiness and sin can't be in the same room. They certainly can't be in the same life and everything be okay. Right? So it literally says we're his enemy. We're at enmity with God. And so we do not have peace with God. We need peace with God. Because we do not have peace with God, one day that sinfulness, if it's left undealt with, will be punished. And the Bible even tells us what that looks like. It calls it death. And that punishment called death is in a place called hell. And it place, takes place forever. And, and the Bible teaches us that when we're punished for our sinfulness in that place called hell, we're separated from God forever. But that's not his desire. God's desire is that you be united with him in fellowship forever in a place called heaven. Hi, I'm Paul Purvis, the lead pastor of Mission Hill Church right here in Tampa Bay. Thanks for taking the time to listen to today's The Barnabas Effect. It's a ministry intended to encourage, equip, and empower you. You may not know this, but this ministry is made possible because of the generosity of listeners like you. We are able to be on the air because listeners like you are gracious and give to this ministry. Would you consider making a gift today? 
it would be our honor to send you a gift, a resource, as a result of your gift of any size. And you can make that gift by going to missionhill.org and clicking on the banner that says The Barnabas Effect. That will direct you to a simple way that you can give right there online. Thanks again for listening to The Barnabas Effect today. And now we continue with our message. And so that's why in one of my favorite verses, it says in Romans 5, 8, that God demonstrates his love for us and that even while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. The, the baby that would be born in Bethlehem grows up to, to be a perfect man. That man recognizing as God that somebody's going to have to pay for our sin. Someone's going to have to take the punishment. He dies on a cross as punishment for our sin. He offers us forgiveness and we simply have to receive the gift. And when we do, we get peace with God. That's described in Romans 5.1. Therefore, since we've been made right in God's sight by faith, notice this, we have peace with God. Why? Because we're a good person and because we went to church even when the World Cup was on and because we put something in the offering. No, no. We have peace with God not based on anything we've done. It doesn't matter how good you are or how bad you've been, how religious you are, how many rituals you perform. Your peace with God is because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, has done for us. Isn't that good news? That means everybody can have peace with God. Say, how do I know if I'm still at war with God? Well, there are some signs of war. Just on Friday this week, I spent some time with my friend from Ukraine, Matthias, and um, he's, he's got an alarm on his phone. My friends in Israel have the same kind of alarm, and they get notifications when missiles are coming in. And those missile attacks that are just constant right now in Ukraine from Russia, they're signs of war. Well, there are signs of war in your life if you're at war with God. Irritability, quick temper, insecurity, impatience, arrogance, boasting, manipulation, Those are all signs of war, but don't just listen to me. Those are described in Galatians in chapter 5. It it calls it the works of the flesh. He says, when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outburst of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild party, and other sins like these. So just asking, are you at war with God? What does it look like when you have peace with God? Well, the Bible calls that the fruit of the Spirit. And it's in this same passage. It says the Holy Spirit produces the kind of fruit in our life. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I pray that you're at peace with God. And if not, I pray that this day you understand what Jesus did on your behalf so that you could have peace. And I pray that you receive the gift of peace that he makes available by trusting in him. That's peace with God. But there's a second truth. When Jesus rules your heart, you experience the peace of God. Now tune in because this is where a lot of you are are missing today. This is that internal or emotional peace. This is a piece that's described in, in what my mom's told me is her favorite verse, Isaiah 26, 3. You will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you. 
all whose thoughts are fixed on you. Don't you want to live in perfect peace? How do I do that? Well, I, I focus on him. Maybe you've heard the serenity prayer. But have you heard all of it? You, you know this first part. God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. But a lot of people stop there. That's not the end, is it, Jonathan? No, it says living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time, accepting hardship as a pathway to peace. Taking as Jesus did the sinful world as it is, not as I would have it, but trusting that you will make all things right if I surrender to your will so that I may be reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy with you forever in the next. That's by Reinhold Niebuhr, Serenity Prayer. That's what Paul's talking about in Colossians 3 and verse 15 when he says, and let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. Remember, he's the ruler. The question is, is Jesus ruling in your heart so that you experience the peace of God? As we yield to the rule of Jesus, he gives us peace. 2 Thessalonians says that too. Now may the Lord of peace, the one who's ruling, the Lord, the king, may the one of peace himself give you his peace at all times and in every situation. Jesus talked about this in John 14. Now we remember John 14. You hear it a lot at funerals. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it weren't so, I wouldn't tell you. But it is so. So I'm going to prepare one for you. And then later in that discourse, Jesus says this. While you're waiting, I'm going to leave you peace. But not peace as the world gives. I'm going to leave you my peace. Now think about, what's the difference? Well, when the world gives peace, it always ends. You know, if, if Ukraine and Russia, if, if they resolve and have a, a, a settlement of peace, guess what? Somewhere down the road, it'll probably break down. Seems like it always has. Better example is, is Israel, the state of Israel. And you know how many peace treaties have taken place in the last 70 plus years in Israel alone? Peace for a moment, and then it breaks down. That's what I was talking about with your bank account or, or with your retirement account. One day it may look good and it may give you peace. And then the next day you're like, holy cow, what am I going to do? But he gives us different peace. Everlasting peace. And it comes from him. C.S. Lewis puts it this way. He says, God cannot give us happiness and a peace apart from himself because it is not there. There is no such thing. The only true and lasting peace comes from Jesus. Are you looking to Jesus? We sing a song that kind of says we are. We sing a lot of songs that says we are. But I love this one. It says, let the king of my heart be the mountain where I run. The fountain I drink from. Be the shadow where I hide. The ransom for my life. Be the wind inside my cells. The anchor in the waves. Be the fire inside my veins. The echo of my days. He's never going to let you down. He's never going to let me down. Oh, he is good. He is good. He is so good. But too often, the king of our heart is not the mountain we run to. He's not the fountain we drink from. He's not the shadow we hide in. He's not the ransom we pay. He's not the wind that makes us go. He's not the anchor in our waves. He's not the fire in our veins. He's not the echo of our days. But friends, in those moments, it's not him that's let us down. 
Like the old hymn says, we're the one that have failed to turn to him. You remember these words if you've been in church a while. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not take it. What? To the Lord in prayer. Yeah. So what is that talking about? Well, that brings us to those verses I quote. It feels like every week because I just want you to know them. It comes from Philippians 4. Be anxious for nothing. So what's the opposite of peace? Anxiety, stress, worry, tension. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, in prayer with supplication. So asking with thanksgiving, expecting God to answer. Make your request known to God. And then listen to what it says. And the peace of God that surpasses all human understanding will guard your heart and mind. How? Through Christ Jesus. Why? He's the ruler. He's the king. He's the source of peace. He's the only way to know the peace that surpasses understanding. That's the peace with God, the peace of God. Now, hey, before I move on, here's what happens. When I make peace with God by accepting the gift of forgiveness through Jesus Christ, we call that becoming a Christian, a follower of Christ, stepping across the faith line, being born again. I mean, you could call it a lot of different things. When I follow Jesus, I have peace with God. Now, when I have peace with God, one of the benefits I get is the peace of God. So when I'm walking in the Spirit, I begin to experience the peace of God of God that means I'm okay with myself regardless of what's happening on the outside so you may look at my life and say good night everything's falling apart but I'm okay because I've got the peace of God and once I'm okay with myself guess what that equips me to do I, I can get right with others you're never going to get right with others if, if you're not First, right with yourself. And you'll, and you'll never get right with yourself until you've made peace with God. I come in contact with sometimes with folks and they'll say, man, that's just a miserable person. And often I wonder, are they? They may be. They may need to have peace with God. But are, are you just miserable? And so you're seeing everything through that filter. And because you're miserable, everybody else looks miserable to you. And that takes us to this last thing. When Jesus rules your heart, you can have peace with other people. This is the external peace, our relational peace. And again, that first thing I'm saying, peace with God, that applies if you've never begun a relationship with Christ. The peace of God applies to those of us who have a relationship with Christ. That's what we long for. That's what we want to walk in and experience. And we do that by walking in the Spirit. Peace with others, again, that can only come if you have a relationship with Christ. I really believe that. In fact, I, I teach that every time I do premarital counseling. There's a number of couples in here that I, I've counseled. And, and so you know this. We draw a triangle. And at the top of that triangle, I put Jesus. And then you've got the husband and the wife at either side. And the goal is that they climb toward Jesus. They each pursue Jesus. And the closer they get to Jesus, the closer they are to one another. But in a relationship, if, if one of you is not pursuing Jesus, it's, it's probably going to have an impact on your relationship with one another. Because the further we get from God, the harder it is to live with other people. Because we're not at peace with ourselves. 
Now, what does the Bible say we should do? Well, Romans 12, 18 says, do all you can to live at peace with everyone, to live in peace with everyone. Are you doing that? Because I know, man, I've been at this long enough. I know there's a lot of strained relationships that are represented in a crowd like this. Are you doing everything you can do? You, you can't do what you can't do. You can't control another person. You can't make another person be at peace with you. But are you doing everything you can do by the grace of God? That's what Paul talks about in 2 Corinthians in, in chapter uh, 5 and verse 18 when he talks about the gift of God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And he's given us the task of reconciling people to him. We are to be ministers or what Paul calls in 2 Corinthians ambassadors of reconciliation. Jesus talked about it another way. Jesus said, let me see if you know this, blessed are the peacemakers. Notice he didn't say just the peaceable. Because you can just mind your own business and you might be peaceable. He didn't say, blessed are the peaceful. Because you can be okay with you and not make an effort to be all right with others. He doesn't even say, blessed are the peacekeepers. Because sometimes a peacekeeper might just hate conflict so much that they don't even live in truth. They don't live in reality. And, and they don't stand up for what's right just because they want to keep peace. He says, blessed are the peacemakers. Those who understand that the source of peace is Jesus. So they live their life in such a way to make sure that those around them, that they've done everything they can to live at peace. Why? Because peace with God should give us the peace of God. And when we possess the peace of God, we should have peace with others. Why? Because scripture teaches us that the source of peace is not a pill or a program or a philosophy, but the source of peace is a person and his name is Jesus. So I would just ask you, I would ask you today, do you know Jesus? If you know Jesus, you know peace. There's no reason. If you've got a relationship with Jesus, listen church, there's no reason not to walk in peace. If you're not walking in peace, please at, at least consider the possibility that you may not know my Jesus. You may know facts about him. You may have, be able to tell a Sunday school story. You may have intellectual assent that he's real, but you've never trusted that he did everything necessary to provide for your salvation and to give you peace. Are you allowing him to rule your heart? Are you resting in his peace? Is he ruling over the relationships in your life? Really? I mean, is he? Or are you trying to control the relationships? Are you trying to make somebody else better? Something you don't even have the ability to do. Are you letting him rule that? Here, I want to be clear, and I try to do this on a regular basis. I've had times where I wrestled with this, but I've always come to the complete confidence that when I was a seven-year-old child, I understood what Jesus had done for me. I trusted in him. He forgave my sin, and I became his child, and I've had peace with God. But I've struggled throughout life. So that's over 40 years since that time. I've struggled sometime to have peace of God, sometime to have peace with others. 
And here's what I decide. Here's where I land. Because really when you come to the end of a message of, of scriptural teaching, that's what you decide. What am I going to do? Where do I land? Here's where I land. I land where Micah landed near the end of this book that he wrote. It's in Micah 7 and, and verse 7. Listen to what he says. As for me, I look to the Lord for help. That's where I'm asking you to land. Matter of fact, I'm asking you to say that. I want you to say that with me. As for me, I look to the Lord for help. Let's say that together. As for me, I look to the Lord for help. I wait confidently for God to save me. And my God, oh, church, my God will certainly hear me. You're not going to cry out to God and Him say, sorry, I'm busy with another patient. It just doesn't happen. As for me, regardless of the circumstances, I look to the Lord for help. You've been listening to The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis. The Barnabas Effect is here to provide listeners like you with biblical truth and spiritual encouragement. But it can't be done without your financial support. Go to missionhill.org and click on the Give tab. Your financial support helps us reach those seeking truth about God and themselves. Thank you for giving at missionhill.org. And join us weekdays at 9 a.m. for The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis on Faith Talk AM 570 and 910. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.